When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Originally going to be the Tuesday Hey Mary Kay edition, but you'll hear in the pod I made the executive decision that we've got to, uh, to just put this up now, just in case. Anyway, it's five questions about Deshaun Watson and his discipline her- disciplinary hearing that starts on Tuesday. So we talk about what that looks like. Uh, does a year-long suspension feel more likely than it did one or two months ago? Uh, how do we view the trade if Deshaun Watson gets suspended for a year? Mary, can I get into all of it on today's episode? If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, get subscribed. It is almost July. That means training camp is coming very soon, and you'll want to be an insider by then. So go to cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page, so that you can get that newsletter delivered to your inbox every day. You can have access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and you can become one of our text subscribers. Cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get yourself signed up. All right, here we go. Our latest edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. Here we go on our Tuesday Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And I actually came up with the questions for today's Hey Mary Kay podcast because this has been a very newsy few days, Mary Kay. With uh, We found out that the hearing is going to happen this week between Deshaun Watson and uh, Sue L. Robinson and the league and everyone involved. They're, they're going to go through that process this week. It means we're getting closer and closer to finding out what Deshaun's fate will be this season And so I just came up with five questions that I think people will want to know in light of all this as they're listening to this. It'll be Tuesday. So let's just start here. Uh, This disciplinary hearing. Explain exactly, at least as far as you know, what this looks like. Well, what basically has happened is the, the two sides, you know, they have talked. And I think that there was some attempt made to try to reach a settlement before it got to this point. Um, but when when they couldn't do that, it came time for Sue L. Robinson to conduct uh, this hearing. And uh, so the NFL will argue its case. The NFLPA will argue its case. And we know enough now to know uh, that the, the NFL is, is trying for something around a year-long suspension. Now, the Wall Street Journal over the weekend uh, published an article saying that they're going for an indefinite suspension of at least a year. So maybe the strategy there is to ask for more than a year in hopes that it comes down to one year. So, um, So that's basically what's going to be happening. Now, there is a chance, and I've been told it's doubtful, but there is a chance that the two sides can settle 
before it gets to the hearing phase tomorrow. So, you know, that that's entirely possible. They could come up with an 11th hour settlement. So we do kind of have to be on the alert for that. Now, by the time we're listening to this, it's already going to be on <laughs> Tuesday. So, uh, you know, that will change things and we will have done an emergency pod by then. <laughs> But <laughs> you know what? That being said, in real time, I'm making a podcast decision. I'm just going to put this up here on Monday. There you go. Done. So All you right. don't want to sit here and record a half hour podcast and just have to throw it away. All right. So that actually uh, is possible and something to watch out for. It could happen all the way right up until the hearing begins and it could happen mid hearing. They could go through the first day of the hearing and say, forget it. We don't want to drag everybody through this let's come up with something that works for everybody. So these are some of the things that we kind of have to be on the lookout for. Um, but in that hearing, the NFL is going to want to come down hard. They, they, they need to send a message. They need to send a message that they won't tolerate uh, these alleged transgressions against women. And since there were so many of them, uh, even though he has settled 20 of the 24 suits, they've still talked to at least 11 of the accusers. They've read things about the rest. And, uh, and they've talked to Deshaun, and they feel that after everything that they have uh, investigated, all the text messages that they've gone through, all the depositions, all of the interviews that they've done, they are going to fight for a, a year-long suspension of some sort. That's where they want to end up. Now, the NFLPA, they're going to fight hard. They're going to fight it so hard, and they are going to fight it on the grounds that uh, the NFL owners who have been involved in alleged sexual misconduct, either on the part of themselves or somebody in their organization recently, uh, that the league has not come down hard on them. So why do that for Deshaun Watson when, uh, when they believe that there is no concrete evidence that he did this and it really is just a matter of he said, she said at this point. Um, so these are some of the things that will happen. Sue L. Robinson, as we know, jointly appointed by the NFL PA and by the NFL. So she's getting paid by both sides. And I've, I've come to figure out that she will be the disciplinary, disciplinary officer for like two years. It's not like they just pick one for each different case. Um, so they, they keep them in that role for a couple of years. So she is the one in charge of this. She is a, a retired U.S. district judge. And at some point, federal judge, and at some point on our site on cleveland.com, we will have a background story on, um, on Sue L. Robinson that should be coming up within the next day or so. And, um, and we'll know then a little bit more about her and her background. But this is her first NFL player that she's been involved with adjudicating a case like this. Um, it's, it, she picked a doozy for the first one, <laughs> yep. right? I mean, it is the biggest, most extensive, most controversial possibly case in the history of the NFL because it involves so many accusers. There have been at least 30 accusers, 24 filed suit, 20 have been dismissed for our ongoing. And now as of Monday afternoon, uh, Tony Busby, the plaintiff's attorney who represents all of the accusers uh, has joined the Houston Texans to the lawsuit. And which means that, uh, at least one of the four women are now suing the Houston Texans for enabling Deshaun Watson's behavior. So we'll start with all that. Okay, so let's go back to this disciplinary hearing. It, it feels a little bit like 
I guess, you know, it's not going to look like this, but it feels a little bit like obviously Sue L. Robinson, a former judge. This is almost like a court proceeding and she's going to essentially hand down a verdict of sorts. And that verdict is going to be the, the suspension. Is that an accurate way to, to kind of view this as sort of a simplistic, like, like it might just be them sitting around a conference table, obviously doing this, but like just yeah. a simplistic way to look at this is they're each going to argue their case and Sue Robinson is going to do what she's done her whole life, be the judge. Absolutely. That is exactly what it's like. And like you said, logistically, we don't know if they're, you know, where they're going to actually be or what the room will look like yet. Um, but it will be very much like that. Uh, it will be very much like a court proceeding. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that it will be very formal in terms of who can speak when and how. And, um, and again, she will preside over this as she has been a federal judge. So she absolutely has, she's very qualified uh, to do this. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, very interesting. I think it will be heated and contentious. And, um, and it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be fascinating. Actually, I wish I could hear the, the testimony. Okay. I, I wish I could be there for it to cover it. But um, it's closed. The proceedings are closed. They are transcribed. So I don't know if that will ever leak out. I mean, it, it might. I mean, we might get to hear some of this at some point. But, um, but that's basically how it will go. And then what is Roger Goodell's role in all of this? Obviously, he's on the NFL's side. I don't know. I'm assuming, he, I don't know if he's in that room. I don't know. But ultimately, when the punishment is handed out, what is Roger Goodell's role? Well, his role so far, uh, I'm assuming that this has happened. Now, I don't know for sure, but I am guessing that the NFL and the NFLPA have already had these discussions. They've already had some negotiations and they've tried to work through this a little bit uh, so that it, it doesn't get to the point where, uh, you know, where they had to, to do the hearing and all of that. So my guess is that Roger Goodell has had discussions with uh, the executive director of the NFLPA, Demoris Smith. I'm, I'm assuming those two have, have talked. And so I, I would think that, I don't know if Roger Goodell will be in on the hearing. I, I don't know. I honestly don't. That's a good question. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I knew the answer to it. And you can't get any answers on this out of anybody. Right. Um, so if anything, they are leaking. The NFL and the NFLPA have their sort of nationals that they that they deal with and like the NFLPA you know they each side has their nationals okay so you will see some some things leaked to some national reporters so we might see some things over the next couple of days a few more details leak out here and there but information is very hard to come by so what then happens is if the hearing plays out and it gets to the point where Sue L Robinson it's time for her to impose this suspension and hand down her decision. And let's say she says it's an indefinite suspension for at least a year. We'll revisit it after that. Um, at that point, and there can be a lot of stipulations that go along with that. She can put in there, you know, probation. Uh, you know, there's another thing that you and I have talked about. And I, I actually think this is, is possible. I think it can be part of it uh, to decide that it's either banishment or not banishment. And we talked about how that's a big and uh, very serious word. 
but it also comes with the Browns getting to keep him for five years after this, if he misses this year. So maybe banishment, even though it sounds bad at the outset, might not be the worst thing in the world because still when he would come back, he would only end up being 32 at the very end of the five years uh, if he is banished for this season. So these are all things that that can take place. And um, after she hands down her ruling, then if the two sides haven't reached some kind of a, a settlement yet, then either side can appeal. And we know already that Deshaun Watson's side and the union, they've all said, we're, we're appealing this if we don't like what we hear. And they're probably not going to like what they hear. So they will appeal it. And the appeal goes through Roger Goodell or a designee, but someone that he appoints. But I believe that he will hear the appeal himself. This is a big case. Again, arguably the biggest case in the history of the NFL under the personal conduct policy. So it goes to Roger Goodell at that point, and he can amend the punishment any way he sees fit. He can increase it. He can add to it a a probation that wasn't on there. He can add counseling to it. He can turn it into a a ban, banishment. You know, he can do anything that, that he wants to do with it at that point. And whatever he decides to do with it, that's final. There's, you know, there's no more appeal after that. Whatever he says then goes. And maybe that's where the, you know, maybe he could turn it in, in from an indefinite suspension to a banishment, you know, I, and then you know, maybe the Browns have something to say about it where they're like, no, give us banishment. At least let us, you know, we paid $230 million for this guy. But, um, but anyway, so, so that's basically what happens with Roger. So we're in for a messy few weeks here. Um but that yeah. listen, the, the the next part of this is when could an actual ruling come down? The time frame and a lot of the reporting still hasn't narrowed anything down. Um, I think some I think some fans want to assume like, oh, well, if they're having the hearing this week, and a lot of people have floated that Friday news dump, Fourth of July weekend, like that seems like the time. That's sort of how I felt like, oh, that'll be when it happens. But you know, we'll see. Do we get a ruling, do you think, sooner or could this still be something that like a week before training camp, it hasn't happened yet? In a perfect world, they'll do this week's Friday news dump. That's what everybody would like to see happen. But this is a very complicated case. I mean, again, new things are happening all the way along. Now, I don't know if the fact that the Texans have been pulled into a suit so far and they're going to be involved in many more suits. I don't know how that's going to impact. I'm sure uh, Tony Busby is very strategic in his timing with things. So what does he do the day before a hearing, right? It's always the day before something big is about to happen uh, that he files a suit, puts the accusers on HBO. Uh, He has handled this with, um, with unbelievably unbelievable PR strategy. And so I, I don't know if that will have any impact on, on any of this or not. I'm sure the NFL would say no. That's also maybe why the indefinite suspension is the prudent way to go. Because if there are more things to come, you want to be able to pivot and react to those things. You don't want to necessarily maybe have a finite number and then you have to go back on that or add to it or whatever the case may be. And I'm sure that the NFL will argue that in the hearing and they'll say, look, 
there might be three more suits coming, you know, we need to keep this thing open-ended. And I think they, you know, I think that's where they're going to really, really fight hard for that. Um, But a ruling, like I said before, could happen on Monday night. They could, everybody could say, we don't want to go through this hearing. We we don't want to put anybody through this. Let's come, let's put our heads together and come up with something tonight and announce something that everybody feels comfortable with. Or it could, could go to the Friday news dump, or it could stretch beyond that. It could take a few more weeks because they just can't get it right. They just can't figure out something uh, that, that feels right. So um, it could be anything. I think everybody expects that it, it will happen before training camp. I've been saying that it will happen when I'm on the flight to London next week. <laughs> I'm leaving July 6th to go over and visit my daughter. So while I'm over the pond and I can't get on the internet, even though I paid for it on the plane, that's when it will happen. That's Absol- when it will happen. Absolutely. And you know what? Just to double down on that, w- during your flight, I'll just I'll just go on a run, like the whole time. I'll just <laughs> run the whole time. So that way we can like double up and it's guaranteed to happen. At, like, Absolutely. That exact moment. Um, for sure. Right. But what you're going to have to do on your run is what carry I my, always carry do. my laptop. Got to have your laptop and you got to You got to be a little careful because <laughs> if you go with just like one of those little nylon, um, you know, little backpacky uh, drawstring bags, if you, you know, if you go, if you try to walk or faster run, that thing's going to hit you hard in the back. Yeah. So those, you gotta, those, those things shake around. Yeah. So you got to think about that, but you know, <laughs> you've got this Dan, but no, I, so. So seriously, you know, it's going to happen when I'm flying, when I'm flying to London. I'm just, that's just my life. It will happen while I'm flying to London and I'll either be able to catch up and figure it out, or I will be writing something at two o'clock in the morning in London. I don't know. Well, as, as, as you tweeted out earlier today, um, get mommy a pint. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. One other question here. You, you've touched on this a little bit and then we'll take a break. And I have two more after that. Uh, these suits against the Texans, um, like you said, Tony Busby has very strategic, like these, this news has always come out the day before a camp practice or something like that. So how do these suits against the Texans, I, I guess, affect the Deshaun Watson side of this? Obviously all the Deshaun Watson info is out there, but now, you know, he's alleging that the Texans enabled a lot of this behavior. Does that change anything for Deshaun Watson? You know, I don't think it changes anything for Deshaun Watson. I don't think it means that the league is going to have to go back and talk to Deshaun again. Uh, I don't think I read most of the law, almost all of the lawsuit. It's, it's long, but I think I got it all in. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything really new in there. Um, there, there might be a few new details uh, in there a little bit, but I don't know that it's anything that's going to change the course of the order of operations that they're on right now. I don't know if it, I don't think it's going to delay the hearing. I don't think it's going to make a huge impact on Deshaun's discipline that they're pulling the Texans into these suits. Okay, let's take a break. And then when we get back, I have a couple more questions about the Deshaun Watson situation to throw at you here. Back on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. Okay, Mary Kay, I've got two more questions for you here. Um, and let's just start here. I actually haven't been, been doing the Hey Mary Kay thing, so I'm going to start here. Even though these are my questions, we're going to pretend that I sent them in. Hey Mary Kay, 
does a year-long or indefinite suspension feel likely? We talked a little bit about it, that this is what the NFL is pushing for, but does it feel, I guess, more likely today than it did a month ago or two months ago? Yes, it does feel more likely uh, because we have come to find out that that's what the NFL is actually pushing for. I think when the trade first happened back in March, I think we all sort of assumed and were thinking and hearing six games, maybe knock it back to four. Uh, Then as time went along and more suits got fired, filed and HBO interviews happened and a New York Times story came out. Uh, I think we all started to ratchet that up in our minds a little bit. And we were thinking, hmm, maybe eight, knocked back to six. As time went on, uh, it got more and more. And now we know that the NFL is gunning for a year. That is what they want. Uh, They want him sitting out for a year. I actually now do think that the Trevor Bauer suspension might have had some impact on how the NFL feels about this, but maybe more so than anything, Uh, They just gathered up all of their information and this is what they feel they need to do. Maybe some of it is PR related. I mean, they, they really can't very well uh, dismiss 20, you know, up to 30 accusers pretty much saying the same thing. I mean, they, they want to come out and show that they are taking this very, very seriously. So they're going to go hard at this and, uh, And I don't think they want it to be anything less than that. Of course, the NFLPA is going to go in the opposite direction. And they are saying, no, we don't think he should be suspended at all. There's no evidence here. Where's the evidence? There's not one shred of evidence that this is true. It's he said, she said. And yes, there's 24. There were 24 of them or more, uh, up to 30 accusers. But they're all represented by the same lawyer. And we think that's fishy. We don't like that. We think that stories sound too similar and too contrived. Um, So these are some of the things that that they will argue. Now, can they get to the point where they meet in the middle somewhere? I mean, is that going to be enough? I mean, Kareem Hunt was suspended eight games for an altercation with a woman in a hallway. Now, there was evidence for that, though. I'm sure even the NFL PA will say, that was on video. I mean, there was no denying that that happened. Uh, nobody in these cases has been able to provide any evidence whatsoever. What they do have, they have text messages and things like that. Um, so that's what they consider to be evidence. But the NFLPA is not viewing it like that. And their very shrewd lawyers aren't looking at, like, at it like that. They're still looking at it as his word against theirs. And they feel like they have a really strong case. So will anybody determine that they can meet in the middle and give him eight games? Right now, it doesn't feel like that to me. It almost feels to me like it will end up at a year. If it's anything less than that, like if they end up with 10 or 12 or something like that, then I'm sure there will be very strict conditions on that. There will be counseling. There will be uh, probation. And, and all kinds of conditions. So um, I don't know. I, a year might be the first thing that we hear out of Sue L. Robinson's mouth. If it ends up there, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. And, you know, it almost feels like if the NFL is so dead set on the year, 
Like it would almost feel like the, the NFL PA would have to feel like the suspension is going to be longer than a year. You know, mm-hmm. like she's going to say a year and a half or whatever, 21 games. I have to get the math of 17 games in my head, 21 games. Well, okay. You know what? We'll just take the year. Like, let's just do the year. He doesn't have to do anything. Just be done for the year. But I, I can't imagine there's a scenario where the NFL PA would even give in on that. No, I mean, it, it, this is going to be, they're both going to dig their heels in. And when you start uh, raking NFL owners over the coals, like the NFLPA is going to do, um, you know, maybe the NFL backs down a little bit and gives a little bit and they do negotiate. I mean, this is a tough, tough case because you have a lot of female fans. I mean, you've got a lot of male fans that are outraged about this, but you also have a lot of female fans outraged about this and you don't want to alienate them. So I think the NFL wants to send a clear and strong message and the NFLPA also wants to send a clear and strong message that, hey, you just can't go around accusing somebody of something with no evidence whatsoever. And he hasn't been indicted criminally. They're going to really uh, hammer away at that. Uh, and the cases have been settled and he's going to counseling. And so this, this, is, um, this is a tough case. And they're some of the best lawyers in the, uh, in the country will be fighting on both sides. And... Uh, and we'll see where it ends up. So the last question I, I wanted to ask was about how we view this trade if he's suspended for the year. So, hey, Mary Kay, if Deshaun Watson is suspended for the whole season, how do we view this trade now? Well, I don't think the Browns ever expected that he would be suspended for the entire season when they made this trade. Everything happened so fast, but I just don't think that's what they felt. I think they thought, that maybe it would be six games reduced to like four or something like that. And that they would still have 13 games to go out there and try to get to the Super Bowl this year, because that's the window. That's the window that they're in right now. That's why they cast Baker Mayfield aside and found themselves an elite quarterback to go out there and seize this moment. And so I think that it does hurt a lot in terms of the Browns trade and the football decision that they made. The only way that I think they could escape some of that uh, is if they do toll the contract and they make it a banishment. And if he misses the year, they just forget about this year and everything starts. The clock starts next year. If they do that, then I think you can view the trade kind of the same way. But um, 230 divided by... um, by five is what is it again? It's I can't remember right now, but it's like 40, um, yeah. 46. Yeah, 46. I mean, he's the highest. It's like one of the highest averages uh, or maybe the highest average in the history of the NFL for quarterbacks. We know that the two hundred and thirty million dollars fully guaranteed is, is an NFL record. And I think the average is, too. So. Um, so, you, you know, if he loses this year you're really losing $46 million. You're losing 46. You just threw $46 million out the window, right? I mean, you did. Yeah. Because, because even if the the structure of the contract doesn't like you're, you're still losing a year of the five. You are losing a year. So maybe, yeah, you're, you know, $46 million (laughs) down the drain. And that's a lot of money. 
that is the salary of, you know, six, seven, eight players in some cases put together. So, um, so yeah, that would hurt. That would hurt a lot. And again, as you mentioned, just so people know what we're talking about, they reduced the base salary down to $1 million, which means that uh, Deshaun Watson would be docked one seventeenth of that 1 million something for every game he's suspended this year, which seems like nothing. But when you look at it in terms of the Browns, they're still out one fifth of this $230 million. If he's out this whole entire year without the contract tolling, I hope I'm making sense. You are. I, I, you're basically what happens is the Browns lose a year of a five-year contract exactly and now they only get four years of him and all that guaranteed money still gets paid but now they're only getting four years out of that guaranteed money and not like four and a half or five i mean right so i I guess when i think there's some justification there to say well you know deshaun has talked about ending his career here and you know you did sign a five-year contract this wasn't just a one-year deal but I would have to imagine that if they knew at the time that he would be suspended for a year and, you know, we'll get into more of this once the suspension is actually known, but if they knew at the time that he would be suspended for a season, I bet they wouldn't have done the deal or they wouldn't have done the contract or they, they would have done something drastically different if they knew that they were bringing in a quarterback that might not play for two years. Basically when he would take the field for them, he wouldn't have thrown a pass in an NFL game for two full years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I don't think they would have been able to make the deal if they tried to put conditions on it. I don't think that they would have been able to protect themselves the way that you do in these cases and you find out that a player is not going to play for a certain amount of games. Like with Kareem Hunt, there are club protections in his contract whereby if he can't play for some reason, they don't have to pay him a bunch of that money. But there are no such things in Deshaun Watson's contract. Now, if they knew that he was going to be out for a year or suspected or thought that, they may have tried to put some club protections in there so that they were not out $46 million because they did, I can't remember if I said this or not, but they did pay him a $45 million signing bonus. So the $1 million salary and the $45 million signing bonus essentially add up to his average contract of about $46 million. So they paid that already. He's got that in hand, but they didn't, they did not put any stipulations on it and they really couldn't because they were in a race with four other teams that were willing to sell the farm as well to get an elite quarterback onto their football team who could win Super Bowls for them. And nobody was really thinking at that time, I don't think that it was going to be a year, Um, but would they do it again? I think they would do it again, but they would try to do it a little differently. I think they would pro- probably try to put those club protections in and see what happened. I also, it, it would be hard to give up three first round picks and a, a contract that big. If you knew you were getting a guy who wasn't that you were basically throwing away a year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be, I think they would maybe do the deal again, but it would have to look just drastically different. Maybe they keep this year's first or so, you know, something I don't know. I, I think it would change even for those other teams. I think it would change. Like it's a hard sell to your fan base. Hey, we're just throwing away this season. We've got all these guys in their primes and we're paying a bunch of guys and we're ready to go win the Super Bowl, but we're just going to throw this year away. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. 
<laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you that, um, that they would have thought long and hard about it and done some things differently. They would have at least had to have had some very serious internal discussions because you would have had to think of what you were going to do for 2022. And would they have hired and signed Jacoby Brissett to be their starter for the full season? I don't know. Maybe they would have. Maybe they would have done something different. Maybe they still will do something different. We don't know. They might have to pivot and revisit that whole situation if it is, in fact, a full year. Um, but I think they would have had to really, really put their heads together. And again, it all happened so fast. It's not like you had time to, to figure out every little alternative and nuance of this deal in the short amount of time that happened. If you recall, of course, everybody does, that they thought they were out of it. And then all of a sudden they were in it and you had to get this deal done. They were under the gun or they were going to lose them. So yeah, a, a lot went on, a lot happened. And I, I just think that um, because of the way Tony Busby has handled his strategy in part, uh, I just think that this so far has been worse than anybody thought it would be. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's been, they, they, there's no way they saw this coming. And there's a lot of discussion to have here about the process and all of that, which uh, once we know the suspension, it at least brings a little bit of closure to all of it. Um, mm -hmm. I saw some, I saw somebody tweet over the weekend and obviously, you know, this is a, you know, far down the list of concerns and all of this, but somebody tweeted over the weekend that this just this whole situation of waiting on suspensions and this just overshadowing everything really has sort of sucked the fun out of talking about the Cleveland Browns. I, fans are fans are definitely feeling this too. And again, that's, you know, far down the list of, of problems, but um, yeah, I think this fan base is starting to wear out a little bit from all of this. Well, you know what, Dan, I cannot take two steps out of my house. And it's probably the same for you. I can't take two steps out of my house without somebody out in the community asking me about Deshaun Watson. What's the suspension? Of course, everybody thinks I actually really know what the suspension is and I'm just <laughs> keeping it to myself. Um, but I, I can't go anywhere. I cannot go anywhere without everybody asking me about this. And I've been saying all along uh, that in the beginning, I thought it was 50-50, 50% against Deshaun, 50% for him. Then it shifted, I think, to about 60-40. Um, I still think that there are 40% of the fans that, are, that can't wait for this to blow over and get him on the football field and have him win some games. 60%, I would say right now, are very skeptical about how this is all going. And some of them tell me, that they're done with the Cleveland Browns while he's the quarterback. So we'll see what happens once it all gets going. So, so we'll end this on a, a light ish note, I guess, um, because like, like you said, not being able to leave the house, go two steps without hearing about it. Um, my wife is not a football fan. She does not follow football. She obviously knows kind of what's going on because of the job I have, but you know, she doesn't talk a lot of football or anything. So we went out to dinner a couple weeks ago and the place we went to, you had to kind of sit and wait and we're just kind of sitting there killing time. And she stops and she looks at me and says, are they going to let that guy play this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh my and God. I, that's and I said, 
eh, I don't really want to talk about it right now. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. There we go. That's yes. uh, even, even at home. If Emily is wondering, then <laughs> certainly it is the talk of the town right now. Um, but yes, absolutely. Um, that's what's on everybody's mind. That is the, the guy cutting the grass across the street. That's what he wants to know. The guy in Giant Eagle, that's what he wants to know. Everywhere that I've been, uh, it's all anybody's talking about that are Browns fans. And nobody knows how to feel about this season. Nobody knows how to feel about it. They will probably know a little bit more about how to feel about it, obviously, in a week or two. But right now, Browns fans, yeah, everybody needs a little bit of uh, Browns therapy right now. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. Go to Cleveland.com slash Browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. And also make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Uh, where you we have talked about emergency pods. Uh, we've got a couple that are going to happen here at some point, first with Deshaun Watson. And then, of course, at some point, Baker Mayfield will be traded, whether it's this month or next month or two months from now. At some point, he'll be traded. We'll do an emergency pod off that. And so you'll be, want to be subscribed. So it pops up right on your phone uh, as soon as I hit publish on that pod. So just find Orange and Brown Talk wherever you listen to your pods and get subscribed. Uh, Mary Kay, I will talk to you later. Sounds good.